This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. If as the Bible declares, God is no respecter of persons, why do the prayers and petitions of some get answered and some not? You avoid sin, read your Bible, regularly go to church, pray and think you know what faith is all about, yet everyone's prayers for breakthrough, except yours, seem to get answered. If you want to truly understand the system God has set up so your prayers get answered too, you need to hear all eight days of Pastor Ray's life-changing message in this third program of his series on faith entitled, This is What Can Make Your Faith Work. Declaring that faith without action is dead, Pastor lays out the groundwork for putting action to your faith in examples from the life of Abraham and his use of the faith system God had set up that earned him the title, the father of our faith. Here's today's unique lesson on what will make your faith work too. But somewhere between seven and 32,000 promises that are all available to you and me. We've got to put our faith on it. We've got to be like Abraham. We don't look at our own circumstances, our own situation. We look to the word of God. If God's word says it, I believe it and I'll stand on it. And that's that. And it will become manifested in your life. You ought to change your focus. You ought to start using your faith for your stuff. Start using your faith and believe in whatever it is that you want. Keep your hope in the word of God and put your faith into operation. Put some action behind it and start seeing how things will change and be different in your life. See? So now it says, he did not waver the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Now listen, and being fully convinced. Fully convinced. Fully, you know, let let me tell you something. So how do I become fully convinced? You stay in the word of God. The more you stay in this word, the more you meditate on the promises of God, the more convinced you become because that word is not just on this page. This word jumps off the page and it jumps into your heart. Being fully convinced, being fully convinced that what he, God, had promised was also able to perform was also able to bring. So that's why sometimes you just got to hunker down with the word and start, because the devil will try to convince you otherwise. Your circumstances and situations will try to convince you otherwise. But you have got to hunker down with the word of God and start, start staying with this word and, and focusing on this word and, and overthrowing all the doubts and the unbeliefs. Are, are you with me? Is anybody here with me today? Let hope become bigger and stronger in your life. Let your faith have something to grab onto. Tell your faith what to accomplish. That's what, that's what hope does. Being fully convinced, being fully convinced. How many of you are fully convinced? See, I was fully convinced, you know, I was poor, broken without anything. Started this church at 33 years old with 
$1,600 they took an offering from me. And I came with nothing but my Bible, $1,600, and a hope, a joyful, confident, favorable expectation of what I believed God would bring about in my life. That's all I had. But I'll tell you what, along the way, and there were, I'll be honest with you, there were times when I wasn't fully convinced because, because things got rough. You think you're going to have a smooth sailing, smooth, don't work that way. It got tough. But I'm going to tell you what, no matter what, I always came back to this, this thing. I am fully convinced. I'm fully convinced that, that it will be exactly the way God said it would be. I'm fully convinced that this church will be prosperous. I'm fully convinced that we will be in a brand new building. I'm fully convinced that God has something better in store for me than even what I can believe for. I'm fully convinced. And I still remain fully convinced to this day, you see. But here, here's, here's the third thing that we need to talk about. And, and we'll finish up here today for whatever time we have left. The third thing that we need to talk about, because faith needs action. Faith needs hope. You see it in the Word. But faith also needs another partner. It has another very important partner, and it's called patience. And you see, like most believers, we come to God and we start praying for patience. Lord, give me patience. Lord, give me patience. Give it to me right now. And that ain't how it works, brother, sister, right? Yeah. You see, because one of, the, one of the problems is that we think, and this is where one of the things that saddens my heart as a pastor, is to see people who start out and get excited about the word of God and start walking it out, but they don't stick with it. You're never going to get anywhere, you know, n- you know, with inconsistency. The only consistency a lot of Christians have is inconsistency. They are consistently inconsistent. They just are inconsistent in their church attendance. They're inconsistent in their, um, their giving. They're in, inconsistent in their tithing. They're inconsistent in, in prayer and in reading the Bible. And they're inconsistent in all of these matters of life that are really important. And they wonder why, and maybe, maybe I'm not talking to anybody here, but they wonder why things aren't changing and why the word isn't working. It takes great patience. Great patience patience. Things don't happen overnight. Listen, here's the Things don't always go your way. Spoiled brat. And if things don't start going your way, there's a chance that you're going to become impatient because you, 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 you don't like that things don't go your way. And then what happens is that you run the risk of surrendering, quitting, throwing in the towel, turning around, disconnecting, and walking away, and you've, you have incomplete faith now, and, and you probably were on the precipice, right on the border of a breakthrough, of an advancement, of being recognized, of being promoted, or whatever. It be. But because you didn't have patience to just see it through, you quit just one day too soon. I'm telling you, the thing that propels me and keeps me going is tomorrow could be my day of breakthrough. There are things that I'm believing God for. There are, there are things that I have been believing God for for years that haven't come to pass, but I'm closer today than I was when I first started. Why would I quit now? Why would I give up now? Why would I throw in the towel when tomorrow could be the day that I walk through the door and there is the very thing that I've been praying for and believing for? Why would I quit? 
But this is, this is the, the consistently inconsistence of a lot of Christians. They, they're up for two, down for five, up for, see, and inconsistent in everything and wondering why, why things aren't changing. I love God. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I love God too, but, but, but it's more than just loving God. I believe in God. Yeah, I believe in God too. So does the devil believe in God. It's much more than that. You've got to be a doer of the word. You've got to put action to your faith. You've got to keep your dreams and visions out there. Hope strong. Put it, if there is anything I could fault most people for is that we don't dream big enough. Our dreams just aren't big enough. So you've got to keep your hope out there. And then you have to be committed to patiently walking it out every day of your life until your hope, your, your faith and your hope become a reality in your life. And this is the part where, where most people live. So let me give you, let me give you a, a, word, a verse. Why don't you open up to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. I'll open to it as well. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Let's just talk about this for a minute. Again, we're going to continue on in this. Um, very, very important. Um, I want to show you something here. All right. So um, verse 9. But beloved... Uh, chapter 6, verse 9, Hebrews. But beloved, we are confident of better things. God is, see, concerning you, God's got better things in store for you. I don't care where you are, but God has better things for you. How many of you believe that? Amen. Some of you don't look like it. Would you please notify your face this morning? <laughs> you look bummed out, man. God's got better. I don't care where you are. I don't, you, could be, you could be at the lowest point in your life. God has better things in store for you. You could have all kinds of trouble going on in your life. God's got better things in store for you. So, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany or go along with salvation. I don't have time to get into all that, but salvation is an all-inclusive word. It's healing, health, well-being, prosperity, peace, joy. It, you look up the word salvation, it encompasses all of these things, many, many things. So, so what God has in store for you is not only that you're going to die and go to heaven one day. There are a lot of Christians that are camped on that and that alone. There is, you know, it's like somebody playing golf on nine holes, never really knowing that there are nine more holes. Yeah, salvation is, 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 is a great promise, but there's more. God has more. It's all contained in that word salvation. Health, healing, well-being, prosperity, protection. All of that is contained in the word salvation. So he says, beloved, we are confident better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany your salvation or go along with your salvation, though we speak in this matter. For God is not unjust. Forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown uh, toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope, joyful, confident, favorable expectation until the end or until you draw your last breath. Now listen, listen, that you, say me, me. turn to somebody on your left, say you, me. turn to somebody on your right, say you, me. that you do not become sluggish, circle luggish, sluggish, and in the, in the margin of your Bible, write down the word lazy. L-A-Z-Y-Z, lazy. <laughs> that you do not become sluggish or lazy. Now here, you ready? But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now listen, listen. That means that you ought to be looking for somebody 
who is demonstrating the promises that have become, not only know the promises, but they are living the promises. The promises have become a reality in their life. And the Bible instructs you to pay attention and to do what they do. It doesn't mean to wear the clothes they wear, wear the hairstyle they wear, wear the, the watch they wear, talk like them. Act. That's not what it's saying. Imitate their faith. Right. Imitate what they did to get where they are. So for some of you here, you see, you think you're going to do it all by yourself. You know, me, myself, and I, you prideful thing, shame on you. You haughty little demon. (laughs) Now, I'll take that back. You haughty little snot nose. Find somebody who's living the word of God, demonstrating it, seeing the results of it, has it working in their life, and the Bible says that's the one whose faith you ought to imitate. But you know what the problem is in this society? I hate to tell you, because I had this conversation with some of my ministry friends. We were talking about, you know, being at my age now, the thing that I, would, I love the most is mentoring people. Imparting all the things that I've learned over the years to younger people in a hope that they'll grab it and they'll pick up from where I am and go beyond me. Because that's what I did. I learned from the older, you know, brothers and I learned like from Apostle Price and some of the men that have long gone now home with the Lord. But, but I, I watched their faith. I watched how their faith was producing. I watched and saw what their faith was able to produce. And I just paid attention. Didn't tell them what they should do. Didn't tell them, give them any. I, I never thought I had any advice to give them because I had to learn, man. I didn't know anything. I got hold of this verse, imitate those who, I just imitated their faith. I just watched what they did and then I started to put it into my life. But you know what the problem is today? I hate to say it. Most of our younger people today, they don't want anybody to tell them anything. They already know it. Now that's not, that's not a slight to the young people that are here. It's just a word of caution because it's easy to fall into that pattern. It's easy to fall into the pattern. I know I'm, you know, I'm, you know, yeah, I knew everything too when I was, you know, 21 or whatever, 31. I knew everything, but I soon found out that I knew nothing. And when I started to pay attention to my teachers and I started to look for those who were demonstrating a life of faith that was working, I can't follow somebody who's not working. I can't follow the faith of somebody who doesn't have it working. I got to follow somebody who's got their faith working because he told me to be an imitator of those who through faith and patience are inheriting the promises of God. And when I started to do that and I humbled myself and said, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I need to pay better attention to my teachers, to the older men of God, women of God that have gone before me. Let them teach me, let them train me. It's amazing how my life just started to shoot in a whole different direction, take on a whole different direction. I started to see the promises that were breaking hold in their life, breaking, hold, breaking open in my life. I started to see the word of God manifest. But see, unfortunately, it's not even the young people. It's a lot of people. Nobody wants, see, nobody wants to, nobody wants to, wants to, they, we, we just want to come to church to have an experience and go home. We don't want to learn. We don't want to be mentored. We don't want to look up to somebody and say, wow, I, I, want, to, I want to mimic your faith. I want to do what you're doing. See, but the Bible instructs us to do that. See, so that was, I got off there a little bit. Is that all right? Who pushed that clock ahead? Shame on you. Push that clock back. All right, now listen, watch. If you don't become sluggish, but imitate those, just the word to the wise, find somebody who's living and demonstrating the promises of God and imitate their faith. Imitate with it. Now, watch. Uh, verse 13. 
So when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply you, uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now listen to verse 15. And so after he, Abraham, had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. promises of God don't come overnight. Let, let, me, let me put it this way. Some of you are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever. Some of you are in your 60s like me. Maybe you're in... It took you 30, 40, 50 years to get in the mess that you're in. Do you think that God is overnight just going to take you out of that mess? No way. Because a lot of your mess, financial, financially speaking as well, is because of impatience. If you have your sights on obtaining the promises of God through faith, you're going to have to learn the lessons of patience. After he patiently endured, you see some of the definitions, some of the words for patience, power of being sound and constant, quality of calmness and stability, persistent courage in trying circumstances. Do you fall apart when we go into a trying? Sure, we feel like it sometimes. We may, when we're by ourselves, fall apart. But we got to hold it together. Anybody getting anything out of this? I just preached it myself. Another definition is spirit or attitude that refuses to be daunted by the difficulties of the way. Quality of character that does not allow a person to succumb to adverse circumstances or trying situations. Here's another one. It describes the capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances, not with a passive complacency, but with a hopeful fortitude that actively resists weariness or defeat. That's what patience means. So when the Bible says that after he endured, patiently endured, this is what he had to do. This is what he had to do. He had to be sound and constant, calm and stable, Persistent courage, right? An attitude, how to develop an attitude and, and get an attitude working that refused to be daunted by the difficulties of the way. Because let me tell you what, you all, like I said before, I don't know if I said this already, but it's not, I'm not repeating myself because I'm in all these different services. I don't know who I said what to. But anyway, you all see me now. You didn't see me then. You didn't see the difficulties of the way that I had to endure and patiently endure to get to where I am today. It doesn't happen overnight. A lot of people today, and unfortunately, the younger generation today, we, you know, think everything's coming to them. You, you owe it to me. Now, I didn't grow up that way. I lost my father when I was 14, and I had nothing. Zero zilch. I had to work my way through everything. Nobody gave me anything. Nothing. Zilch. My mother was poor. We were poor. We had nothing. I was busy trying to help her. She couldn't help me financially. So I had to learn along the way. So I, I learned patience and just persistence and as, a young, as a young person. And, and I, I tell you what, I would never have it any other way because those experiences made me who I am today. Because without patience, without, that's right, without, without persistence, without courage, without forcing your way through, you're never going to see your faith come to pass. So it's simply, simply stated, um, faith without patience is never going to produce anything. After Abraham patiently endured, he obtained the promise. The promise became a reality after he exhibited great patience and strength. Because patience is, in other words, it's strength. You just got to keep sticking with it. 
You can't quit. You can't, you can't back up. You got to keep with it. See? And that's what I, I want to really raise up in this church. And I really want to see, I want to see people that are just sticking with it. Not going to quit every time the way gets difficult or you get in disagreement or you don't understand something. Just, you know, quit, walk or walk out. Man, you never get anywhere like that, man. You just don't. Man. It just doesn't happen. I've never lived that way. Never, never, never. I've had all kinds of issues with people. I've always worked to, to gain understanding and to be persistent and to keep walking through and keep walking through. And, and even, you know, as we re- relate and talk about our dreams and visions, I've just held fast to them and did what I was supposed to do along the way, doing the Word of God, you know, doing the Word of God. Wherever the Word teaches me something, you know, I love that humility stuff because we really need that. We really need that. Because God resists the proud. You're never going to get anywhere. You've got to be humble. You know? And, and, and we've got to be submissive. Submissive to the Lord. Submissive to the Word. Submissive to authority. You know? Uh, otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere. It's not going to happen. I've had to practice that in my life. Be submissive to God, to the Word, to authority around me. You see? And, and submission isn't submission, folks, unless we disagree. True submission is proven in disagreement. If the authority says one thing and you say something else, true submission is proven in disagreement. I will know how submissive a person is is when I say something, I don't agree with it, and they consist, can persist in what they're going to do, even against my counsel, then I know that that person is not submitted to me. You may love me, you may appreciate me, but you are not submitted to me. I am not your pastor. I may be your friend, I may be... Uh, somebody you look up to, but I am not your pastor because you have not submitted to my advice or to my word. Submission is not submission until we disagree. And that's all impatience because some of us, we want stuff, we want it now, we want it here, we want it now. Well, Abraham had to patiently endure and you got to endure. That's what proves the value, the strength of our faith. That's what proves our faith is that we're willing to stick with it and to endure and to do whatever we've got to do, just standing, believing, trusting, living the word of God. That's what makes us strong believers and makes us people of quality, believable. Because there are a lot of hollow Christians walking around. They're speaking out of both sides of their mouth. And I'm not criticizing. It's just, it's a problem. And I, and I, I, would, like to, I would like to help in some way people that are in that place, speaking out of both sides of their mouth, saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, but there's no activity, there's no action. The action's not following. They're not proving it. They're saying it, they believe it, but they're not proving it. Their faith shows it, their confession shows it, their activity shows it, you know, their, right, their life in every way. It's just not because it's not consistent. So faith, if it's going to work in our lives, and it can, it can produce unbelievable Results It has in my life. Everything I am, everything I have has been produced by the work of faith, hope, and patience. So faith needs action. Faith needs hope. And faith needs patience in order to work. Hallelujah. Let's just stop right there. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 